Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, Ketawan Talk. You had a Kamlo RNZ Pacific. I'm Koroi Hawkins with World in Sports for this week. Coming up, during another week of turmoil for Tonga Rugby League, we talk through all the issues with football director Dwayne Mann. Manu Samoa registered the first Pacific victory at the Rugby World Cup in Japan, and Solomon Islands has been cleared to participate in next month's under 17 FIFA Football World Cup in Brazil. It's been another week of turmoil and controversy for Tonga Rugby League with the resignation of Nines coach Garth Brennan and the board announcing Sack Wallaby Israel Folau could play for the Matima Tonga. This comes after the Tonga Rugby League board's sacked influential coach Christian Wolf over access to financial accounts and control. A new coach, Frank Endicott, has been appointed, but some players, unhappy with Wolf's treatment, have threatened to boycott upcoming games. I talked through some of the issues with Tonga football director Dwayne Mann, starting with the sudden resignation of Garth Brennan just weeks out from the World Nines tournament. Well, the Tonga Rugby League board, um, and moving forward, um, had appointed and reached out to Garth Brennan to coach, and and uh, last week or so, and following up that that process with um, with Garth, Garth uh, communicated to us that uh, he preferred to withdraw from at this time, um, and so that was accepted. And uh, we have coaching staff in there already with the nines. Uh, with Tony Barnes as a coach that uh, was uh, going to be the assistant coach. So Tony will now st- step up as head coach for the nines and he'll be supported by Nick Wolfgram as assistant coach. Uh, with the announcement that Falau and his brother might be playing, um, the International Federation coming out and saying they haven't considered that yet, where, where is all that at? So Tonga Rugby League Board uh, submitted a, a wider squad list as, as per the participation agreement and then there's uh, due dates where that list uh, narrows down. So the 30th is to September, there's a, a squad of, of 20 that will be um, afforded to the uh, World Nines and then uh, at a later date that's trimmed down to 16. So Israel Folau, is, uh, his, his name has been put forward for the Oceana test, uh, not for the Nines. Right, and um, uh, are you? there'd been some confusion about uh, whether the International Federation had actually looked at that or not. Is that before them now or will that come up later or how does that work in terms of um, approval for that? Yeah, it's, it's as part of all the nation's requirements in, in submitting uh, squad lists. So, so Israel Folau and his brother John were, were two of a number of players that were submitted onto that list for the Oceana Test, and, and that is with the International Rugby League and, and the Tongan National Rugby League Board uh, are waiting for um, the official response from that. You had some issues with, with, with players threatening to boycott and all of that. Have you managed to fill the full roster? And have, have are there any, um, any people that aren't uh, in the squad now? compared to what it was before all of this went down? Um, the, the approach from the Tonga National Rugby League has, has to list all the players that, that we know, know are available. And that at the moment, the players that have issued a boycott, nothing formally has come from the players to directly to Tonga National Rugby League board. So the, the players 
um, and at first led by um, John Hopawati, who has no official role in the game, that that information was sent to uh, the NRL, the international and the international rugby league um, and event organisers. So uh, you know it was it's been difficult for the Tonga National Rugby League board. What they have attempted to do is to reach out to the players to to hear from the players uh, themselves. Um, that that hasn't been able to happen. So the process has been to continue reaching out to the players. All those players, their names have been part of the wider squad submitted for for the nines and the Oceana tests. And as we work closer to those deadline dates, uh, we're waiting for uh, still for some confirmation back from the players that they are either available or not available. Right. So so to, so I've got this right. You're still submitting the same full squad uh, uh, for the MMT for now. That's right. For yourself, new role, uh, quite a tumultuous one to start off. How, how's it all going um, as the football director? Well, I, I, I came on sort of mid-August and, and really just as, as an advisory and to be a neutral person to help reach out to the players and sort of get, get a better understanding of, of what's going on. But then um, understanding more of the situation from uh, the Tonga National Rugby League board. And, you know, there's been um, quotes out there that it's an interim board and interim chair. Well, well that's, um, that's far from, from correct. So there's a number of inaccuracies around around the board. And, and some of the, the demands, I guess, to, to have the board removed. Now, now, the board has been put in there by the Tongan government and uh, by the um, majority of clubs back in Tonga. And, and those parties involved in uh, in empowering the board to then move on and and do their business. So um, moving forward, it's important, I guess. You know what I want to make sure, from my point of view, is that it was always hard for that Tonga Rugby League to sustain. Uh, I guess what we saw in 2017 through the World Cup and the performances on the, on and off the field with the Tonga community and the fan base, uh, and through to the Test matches last year. Um, but yeah, yeah, from my point of view, from a personal level, it's, is uh, you know just wanting to make sure that all that great work that the players and the coaching staff did um, isn't lost over over the dispute and differences, and that hope you know hopefully that the players can get on and just play footy while while uh, the backroom stuff can get sorted out over time. Uh, just touching on the fans, there, I spoke with a community leader last week, and he was talking about the impact on the fans. Do you, do you think all of this is for the strength of of the MMT and the fan base going forward? Well, you know what what's unique to to the Tongan fan base is that you know there's there's a large number of Tongan, the Tongan fans that are, that are sport loving people, and and in particular, uh, you know, with rugby league and and, and follow their favourite rugby league clubs, and, and more importantly, follow uh, the national team in much more Tonga. But there's also a large base that, that are just you know proud Tongans and and love being together to show their Tongan national pride and national spirit. And regardless of where the fan sits on the, on that that scale, I guess the movement of, of the team and, and having you know these star players make make their um their their availability availability to play for Tonga. Um, that's what we want to try and keep to maintain and, and uphold. But whilst there's a lot of great Pacific Island talent across across the NRL and, and the UK and, and here with the, with the Warriors and rugby league, uh, it's important that we keep um, bringing through that talent. And um, and again, that's largely down to the coaching staff and the players that uh, like Jason Tomalolo uh, that have made their sacrifices for Matematonga. Probably worth touching on is is the reports of uh, people working against uh, the, the resolution, old players, the old board, uh, even uh, the former coach. Um, how are you dealing with that, and is there any truth to any of those rumours? Well, some you know, the, the Tongan Rugby League board have have, um, have been mindful that that some of these matters you know need to be dealt with uh, in confidence, and and uh, and I guess as those relationships, as they've mentioned, have become untenable. But 
the board is still required to move on because they, they have um, requirements to meet under the participation agreement. So, you know, it's the board has made all attempts and what's important for the board now is that, uh, you know, the International Rugby League board stand by beside them on, on their decision-making and endorse uh, their authority as, as, as the board of uh, representing Tonga to, to go forward and make their decisions and putting together coaching staff and the player roster. Do you have anything to say to the fan base in terms of people worried about the future and, and wanting the best for MMT? We accept you know, there, there has been a history of mismanagement and, and, and differences of, of how things have been run from past boards. And, you know, as we have the number of players that have a strong standing, Pacific Island players, Tongan players within their NRL clubs, and, and they have a strong voice. Uh, they're in leadership positions, they're in positions of influence uh, within the game. You know, it's important that those players uh, and their voices being able to be, be heard. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the, the game should always be um, controlled and run, run by Tonga. And I guess in time there's some, some governance and I guess structural uh, things that can be worked through to get, to improve that relationship between the professional talent pool uh, that's offshore and, and those back in Tonga running the game. For the fans, you know, I guess what's important, the important message is, you know, that um, uh, this movement of, of Matima Tonga and to die for Tonga, you know, that's still important. And, and we go back and strip everything back to the reasons why those players wanted to play for Tonga and why they'll always want to play for Tonga is to re- represent their, themselves and their family and their kingdom. Tonga football director Dwayne Mann. Samoa are the first Pacific country to secure a victory at the Rugby World Cup in Japan. The Manu survived two yellow cards and three serious injuries to secure a bonus point win over an organised Russian side in their opening match of the Rugby World Cup on Tuesday. The Manu trailed 6-5 at half-time after being reduced to 13 players but scored five second-half tries to seal the bonus point win. Samoa first five, Tusi Pisi, made history against Russia as the oldest player to represent the Manu at a Rugby World Cup. At 37 years old and 98 days young, he beat the record previously held by the late great Peter Fatialofa, who was a key part of the Samoan teams that made the quarterfinals at the 1991 and 1995 World Cup and will be inducted into the World Rugby Hall of Fame in November. Pissi, who made his test debut back in 2006, is competing at his third Rugby World Cup and he caught up with Finney Wiley after the win over Russia in Kumagaya. We got onto the game with that first try and then we kind of took the foot off the pedal and kind of cruised through until that second half, so it was a bit frustrating. What was the message out there, obviously, with the two yellow cards and then uh, Russia coming back and trailing at half-time? Uh, was it easy to stay composed or stay confident or were there concerns? Or? No, there weren't concerns, but it was just um, obviously having those two yellow cards was just trying to get back into the game, trying to get control of their game and... Um, and that was, that was a good learning, learning um, for us moving forward. For you, I, I guess probably you know you focused on the team, but a bit of a milestone for you, becoming the oldest uh, member of Manu Samoa at a Rugby World Cup. Uh, you've obviously been to a few of these. Um, you know, what does that mean to you? It's a blessing to um, obviously first and foremost represent the country and um, represent my family and, and have my family here. Um, but we're just on to the next one now, uh, focusing on Scotland and, and hopefully... Um, we can prepare well, we will prepare well and um, yeah, hopefully get that W. You talk about family, I think this must be one of your boys that you got your hand around there, what is it yeah. I, I know so many of the team have family that have come over here uh, for this, what does it mean to have your family and, and also the supporters that we always hear in the crowds uh, supporting you on no matter where you are in the world Yeah, it's really special, um, it's a blessing um, to have, have my boy here and my wife here um, it's, it just lifts us that, that um, 
all to have it. 23rd, 24th man, so um, uh, it's special. And you, you did need all 23 today. We saw like Ranuia come on for Motu and do a stunning inside pass there for the try and you know some people off the bench make a real impact. Yeah, no, they did. The bench, obviously, um, it's a massive focus on us. Um, those players coming on and just doing their roles. Um, so it's, it's, it's great that they came on and they were able to make a difference within the system. And I know obviously a tough night for, for Motu uh, with the knock and, and obviously Afa as well is clearly all strapped up and going to get some scans. Uh, I guess you know it's a physical sport, but that's always a tough thing to see when it's your, your teammates. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and it's on the flip side of that too. It's a, it creates uh, opportunities for someone else. So um, we've got a squad of 31 um, that are, uh, doesn't matter who starts. Um, they all know the system. They've all worked really hard and all prepared really well. So doesn't matter who starts. We'll be ready. Manu Samoa first five to CPC. Earlier on at the Rugby World Cup, Tonga lost their opening fixture to England 35-3. It was an emotional performance for their Kalitahi, though with the number 8 Nasi Manu making a return to international rugby. The Benetton Treviso player missed the entire 2018 season as he underwent treatment for testicular cancer while a pectoral injury two months ago further delayed his test comeback. The 31-year-old managed 25 minutes off the bench in Sapporo this week and told Vinny he felt every kind of emotion imaginable. Uh, it's been obviously a massive journey and a lot of people to think that I can't, I can't name them. Just, everyone knows who they are to my club, um, to my family. Mentally, was it significant? You know, like going out on that field, or were you able to treat it as sort of normal when you came off the bench, or did you? What was running through your mind? Oh, mate, the the whole time I was on the bench, the emotions were just all all over the show. This whole day, I've just almost like forgotten what I do to prepare. Um, But you know, now now that it's out of the way, I feel. I felt like more confident for it, um, and, and that was my first, um, my first experience playing a Tier One nation, and you know, the, just their speed. Like I was, I was only on for 30, 20, 25 minutes, and I, I swear, I, I felt like after five minutes, I, I didn't know if I could finish the game. And obviously, for the Kalatahi, it doesn't get any easier. You've got Argentina, then you've got France. Are, are you ready to start? Is this team ready to go again? Look. Um, Big test matches are all about moments and I think in that first half when we had moments to put pressure on them we let ourselves down um, turnovers in, uh, in, uh, in their 22 when we had you know, chances of uh, pressuring them with our mall um, but you know we'll take a lot of learnings out of this week and yeah look it's a, it's a tough pull and um, we'll, we'll be uh, exciting because a few, few extra players are returning so it's going to add a lot more um, challenge team challenges uh, uh, individual challenges for for pistol spots. I guess a lot of people would view the England game as the toughest one for you guys out of those three. They're obviously the the highest ranked team. Uh, so, you know, if you want to make the quarterfinals, you, you probably have to beat France and Argentina, basically. Oh, oh look, you know, we're, we're a team one one game at a time, and it's all about putting out the best performance. And look, we've got a six day turnaround. We're, we're fortunate um, compared to the um, England. I think they're playing on Thursday also. Uh, look, we need to recover well and um, take the learnings, uh, do more homework and uh, freshen up, ready for another physical battle. Tonga number 8, Nasi Manu.
The Court of Arbitration for Sport has ruled in favour of the Solomon Islands, clearing the country for a historic appearance in next month's Under-17 FIFA Football World Cup. The Oceania Football Confederation had lodged an appeal with the Court of Arbitration for Sport regarding the eligibility of Solomon Islands footballer Chris Satu, endangering their participation at the tournament. Satu played for the Solomon Islands during the OFC Under-16 Championship in Honiara last September. In February, the OFC found Satu was born prior to 2002 and his participation breached championship regulations. In their initial ruling, the country was penalised and made to forfeit all five games Satu appeared in at the tournament, which meant losing their World Cup qualifying berth. However, the Solomon Islands Football Federation won an appeal against that disqualification, which has now been backed by the Court of Arbitration. Solomon's under-17 coach Stanley Whiter says he was at a loss for words when he found out the ruling was in their favour. I went out of watch. I'm excited. I don't know what to say. Um, we've been through uh, a bumpy road since we qualified for the World Cup and it's a, it's a big thing to handle when you were blamed for something we didn't do. But the news was uh, a great news for us and especially for Solomon Islands. Uh, under-17 team, which uh, make history to be the first team from Solomon Islands to go to the World Cup. You mentioned it's a rocky, or it has been a rocky road up and down with so many different rulings and appeals. How has it affected the team? Actually, it doesn't affect the team much uh, because we, I have talked with the boys that uh, I have a positive mindset that, uh, that we are going to the World Cup. Uh, so the boys feel a bit down, but I... I told him that despite of the uh, the case, we, we must work hard uh, and we must get ready for the World Cup. Um, so I think uh, we are ready for the World Cup uh, because we've been positive uh, since um, since the case is on. But when the news comes, we are on the right track by now. So what have you been doing? What has the team been doing uh, to prepare for Brazil? Yes, uh, we've been training hard. We um, Two months ago, we've been training three times a week, three days a week, and uh, we've uh, gone into um, every, every week training. So we increase the number of training. Uh, the intensity is high. So I think we are doing well. Uh, we, are, we are ready. We are ready to go. What's coming up on the horizon now that everything's in concrete? Do you have some more preparation games? What's uh, what's planned for the next few weeks? The team the team uh, is ready to go into camp uh, as of Monday next week, and um, we're ready for the confirmation from uh, Somalia Football Federation on arrangement of us going out of the country to play some friendly matches, which which is a, a good thing for us uh, in preparation for the World Cup. So um, at the moment, we are ready. Um, we are ready. So the first thing comes first, so we're going to come uh, as of next week. You mentioned the historic uh, fact of Solomon's going to a World Cup. It's quite a um, responsibility and, and honour, yeah? Uh, yes. Um, for me, it's... Uh, it's uh, I just say quite a responsibility. It's an honor as well. I mean, to get the boys up to the World Cup, which it's a dream for most of the boys. Uh, and it's a dream for me to, to, to appear in the World Cup scene. Solomon Islands under-17 men's football coach Stanley Whiter.
And that's the world in sports for this week. From RNZ Pacific, my name's Corey Hawkins. Thank you, Tomas, for tuning in. Come and look at you for next time. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.